show, we deal with many different types of tech projects. And we also deal with some not-so-tech projects. But on today's show, we're going to talk to Philip Levin, all the way from Haifa, Israel. Philip talks to me today about how he's taken apartment brewing to another level with his Internet of Things brewery, today on Homebrewing DIY. Have you ever wanted to make a podcast? Do you have a subject you want to discuss with listeners? Do you even know where to start? Well, if you want to make a podcast and you want to get started now, I could not recommend Anchor enough. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Hey, look, I shopped around for a place to post my podcast, and Anchor was the easiest, most streamlined experience you could ask for. So if you're looking for a place for your new podcast, Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the show that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, or parts... This podcast covers it all. On today's show, we're talking to Philip Lavin, who locally in Israel, he travels to different homebrew shops and discusses his Internet of Things brewing style and how you can do it yourself. Please support the podcast. You can get access to our custom RSS feed with ad-free episodes and special bonus episodes. You get access to all that at the basic supporter level. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewingdiy. Once again, that's Patreon at homebrewingdiy. And give any amount. Your support keeps us on the air and helps this show improve. Hey, if money's not the way you want to support the show, you can always head over to Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher and review us. Your reviews help other homebrewers find this show. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Brewfather. Brewfather is a very powerful brewing software. Brewfather is sleek and well-designed, and it has a great free version so you can try it out. If you're new to homebrewing, or you just want to try something new, you need to try this powerful brewing software. Brewfather gives you everything you need to build your recipes or get through a brew day. Head on over to homebrewingdiy.beer and click on the Brewfather banner to get started today. Your feedback is always encouraged. You can send feedback to podcast at homebrewingdiy.beer. A quick email, and you can tell us what you think of the show or ask any question. We'd love to hear from you. And we're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look for the handle at homebrewingdiy. Once again, look for the handle at homebrewingdiy. Now let's dive into our show and talk to Philip Levin about his Internet of Things brewing today on Homebrewing. DIY. 
I'm sitting here with Philip Levin from Haifa, Israel, and we're going to talk about his Internet of Things brew setup and generally how he started. So welcome to Homebrewing DIY. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Let's just start with how you found homebrewing and, and, and how you began brewing. Yes, of course. So actually, I think my, my story started as, as everyone's, like I, I got a gift uh, for my wedding, the homebrew kit, like the basic one with the white buckets and the, the partial mesh uh, kit. I Actually, I don't remember what it was, but I remember to brewing it. It was so much fun. And uh, I, I was brewing like from kits for several years, like three years in a row and then suddenly I started to get inside this hobby and learn more and build a bigger setup, went to all grain brewing and et cetera, et cetera. But the beginning was classical, like homebrew kit. Yeah. uh, I think uh, if we, if we talk to most homebrewers, they're going to say, Hey, I started with extract and uh, you know, take the steeping grains, you put them in the pot, boil, add some hops to it. And really, when we look at that style of brewing, you're learning how to ferment, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that that's really what you get out of it. And then what did your first all grain setup look like? Um, I, I went to uh, I, I went to my local homebrew shop and uh, I started to talk with the guy uh, like different methods and he's more into free vessel systems. Uh, and I knew that at the time I was uh, like I was uh, renting a small apartment and I don't have a place for free system, uh, free vessel system. So I had to make something smaller, and I decided to go on the uh, brew in a bag uh, method, uh, which actually was pretty good for for that for that time. And uh, I still stick with this method. I'm I'm not having free vessel system. It's always. Uh, brew in a bag so this was the first one and then i had uh, expand expanded this this system that i have now and i built some small breweries as well just for uh, small batches okay and and i've actually seen some images of your current brewery on things like instagram and you're still in a pretty small space right yeah yeah exactly actually uh, at this this apartment I have bigger space, but uh, the brewing's area itself is like small corridor uh, next to the kitchen. It's like a small corner. Uh, yeah, it's really small. That's awesome. Uh, one of the things that I always hear from people, uh, whether it be online or my friends or you know just uh, people who uh, maybe tell me things like, "Oh, hey, I I really want to brew and I'd love to brew all grain or something like that," but I don't really have the room right that's a that's a really common thing um i i gotta admit just from looking at some of your pictures you kind of buck that system you're in a small space uh you yes you're an electric brewery right now but the idea is that that small space is something that uh you know kind of really bucks that system when people tell you that hey i don't have space yep exactly yeah Yeah. so what what would you when you decided to get into that internet of things type of brewing what 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 prompted you and uh how did you start and what was your kind of first project 
Yeah, so actually it it started like small steps, but uh, but right from the beginning, I knew that I'm going to make it like a, a, a big, a, a big in an IoT uh, way. So it started actually from the uh, local homebrew shop. I went to the to the store manager and he had a, like he had a course there that he taught some people how to brew. And he was using the small electric uh, electric uh, controller with small display and then he asked me do you think it's possible to project the temperature readings to another bigger display uh, and i said i don't know it's pretty pretty simple controller but we can we can try let me let me google that for you and uh, i went to google and then i found a, a huge community of uh, diy iot brewers that doing stuff uh, brewing related so after a couple hours I knew that I'm going to uh, make my breweries a smart one uh, connected to the internet and to have digital readings and to partial automation and stuff like that so what was your first uh, like DIY project was it going full go, full bore onto your brewery? Was it like a fermentation controller? What what was kind of that first yeah. thing? Actually, I started from uh, I found a, a, on GitHub. I found a project that you actually flash a existing controller like STC one thousand, and you and you take a Arduino and you like. Con- like rewrite the program and it's more into brewing uh, um, way because you, you can define different programs for different brews like for lagers for ales for uh, colch for wheat beers different fermentation profiles and you can pre-program it and then like you flash the, the program to the controller and then you have like a brewing controller dedicated Okay, so the STC one thousand for people that don't know is kind of the precursor to the modern Inkbird. Um, I I don't know if you know what that is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, the STC one thousand actually is exactly the temperature controller I use to run my kegerator. So uh, it's uh, but uh, I I know what you're talking about. It was uh, I think probably around 2014 or 2015 when people were really doing that they had that special model of stc 1000 that could be flashed right and uh yeah exactly yeah i'd actually never seen anyone do it to actually control a brewery i'd only see it for fermentation control how, how explain to me a bit how that worked well you have uh you have at that project, you can uh, you can define if you want to control your fermentation or if you want to control your uh, brewing system, uh, like the kettle itself. Uh, basically, it's just a matter of uh, uh, or counting hours or counting seconds. So uh, you can, uh, if you want to control your fermentation, so you just define it uh, by the hours, and then you have like long days, and the brewery and the fermentation uh, controller keeps the temperature at the, at the required uh, scale. Uh, and if you want to brew with it, so you just like saying, okay, I want to keep the mesh temperature for 67 uh, Celsius, it's Fahrenheit, it's, yeah, you do the math. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and <clears throat> and uh, basically it, it, it can be the same. And, and by the way, it's, it, 
when you have like a power partitions, it, it buzzer, it has a small buzzer, so it just tells you now it's the power partitions. Okay. So this was my first project, and actually it was the simply simplest one. Yeah, of it's course. It, it it starts simple and easy there, right? And then uh, moves on to uh, more complicated. What what was your next project? Was it your was it, you know, kind of getting more advanced with your brewery? Well, uh at that time I was doing things parallel. I was like in, uh, improving current uh, projects that I already built and I'm started to, to plan the expansion of the brewery. Uh, basically, I started going to Raspberry Pi and Craft Beer Pi, which is a open source program platform that uh, it can monitor brewing process and can monitor fermentation process. Uh, so I start to plan and go into it. And uh, there is a Facebook group about it. It's really uh, amazing super talented people that do uh, using this program and uh, i started to build my small controller raspberry pi controller and after that uh, i started to expand first i was uh, like the, it was brewing uh, controller and then it became a, a fermentation controller so uh, besides the, the brewing Okay, so you 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 moved from the STC one thousand brewery controller that you had built, and then moved into the Raspberry Pi and the Craft Beer Pi, which is a brewery controller, basically using the GPIO pins on the uh, Raspberry Pi to basically control relays. Is that correct? Yes, uh, that's that's the first step. Yep, uh, and and then from there you're kind of running your brewery from that and then eventually that same setup moved into your fermentation as well correct yes exactly but uh, after a while i realized that it's too much wires because each gpio they need to be connected to a different relay and it's too much wires for me and i decided to look for uh, another uh, solution i want to make it wireless not the not the brewing gear but the fermentation i wanted to to be uh, separated because my fermentation is is located in in an, in in another room, not on the one that I brew. So I had to have a way to control the fermentation wireless. So I start to look for it, and I try to actually I try to even program some stuff to use the Arduino to 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 send signals wireless or a radio radio frequency a controller. But it wasn't uh, like I wasn't so. Uh, uh, finish this project and I, then I realized that I can use something much more simpler uh, like MQTT protocol and to use uh, wireless switches and it was like after I realized that I can do it much more easier so I bought, bought just Sonoff uh, switches and uh, start to uh, flash them because they come with like the Chinese software you need to erase it and in order to connect it to Craft Beer Pi uh, using MQTT protocol. That's that's awesome. And to be honest, uh, that's a different setup than most people I see with. Normally, it's kind of like, yes, this like Franken-wired uh, thing where it's like, I have a fermentation chamber and it's all wired into the same box. And then the brewery controller is all wired into the same box and they kind of all need to be near each other. Um, this way, using MQTT, which... 
uh, you know, for those who don't know, is basically a wireless technology that you can basically run on the Raspberry Pi that basically allows you to send on and off commands or uh, just different commands through an internal network protocol that allows the receiving end of that to basically do a relay. Um, you see it a lot in home automation setups. So example would be, uh, let's say I'm going to use a Raspberry Pi uh, with OpenHab to like turn my lights on and off in my house. You see MQTT really setting those types of systems up. And really you've taken that and applied it to your fermentation controller and then still have the control controlled by the craft beer pie setup. So really that's a that's a really cool setup and a great way to work around it. Yeah, and uh, besides uh, turning on and off the fermentation uh, uh, chamber, it can send you temperature readings uh, from the uh, from the sound off as well. Basically, you can hook up uh, many many sensors to the sound off device, and just like in the Crappy Pi, you need to write the, the exact parameters that you want to get from it. It can measure uh, humidity. It can measure light. Whatever, like basically any any sensor that hook up to that sent to that sound of you, you can get the readings from it. That's awesome. And then basically, so it walk me through real quickly. If you were to brew a beer, uh, let's say tomorrow, <laughs> and okay. you were gonna you were to brew a beer tomorrow what would walk me through the process of like what a batch looks like for you all the way like let's start with like you know milling the grain you're going to start brewing your beer and then like let's get to where we're going to be putting into a keg or in the bottle so uh what what does that look like so uh milling the grain is it's i think it's the the old-fashioned way i just hook up my drill and i mill the grains uh, i try to do it uh, or during the day or uh, but because i brew really early in the morning because my son and my wife still sleeping so i don't want to make a lot of noise so i uh, i'm i mill the grain before and then i just uh, a day before i uh, i connect all the system fill the water and turn on the computer and tell him uh, start to hit the mash uh, for mash temperature, like five, uh, five in the morning, because at six, I want to throw the grains inside. Uh, and then I press OK and it's it start counting. But in the morning, I just throw the grains inside and take my kid to the kindergarten because uh, the brewery is automated. So it keeps the temperature and the uh, Basically, I have like an, about an hour, maybe maybe more, uh, to do my stuff, like household stuff, and then I go take out the grains. Um, I have like a couple minutes that I need to, you know, prepare the hops or whatever, um, and then I like start the boil. I I can hook up my hop dropper. Uh, you can see on my Instagram account I built a hop dropper. Uh, that receiving commands from Raspberry Pi when you need to add the hops additions, and it just throw the hops additions uh, at the time, like uh, of by the recipe itself. Um, 
so I have like spare time during the boil as well. You need to like I know my system. I don't have boil overs, but you need to be uh, aware that if it's automated, but still physics, it's physics. So sometimes it can be is is what it is. Like you you yeah. the day you don't look is the day it boils over, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, I I want to talk about this hop dropper a bit uh you know i yeah. i actually haven't seen that on your instagram so I, i'm curious of what uh that like looks like is that controlled through the craft beer pie like there's a module built into that that kind of automates that hot dropper that you built yeah actually uh i saw similar things on youtube like some people made a very uh like i i can say bulky uh, designs of the hop dropper and um and I saw the, the, the possibility that you can, uh, like the advantages of automated hop dropper, but it was too bulky for me. So I decided to, to th think about the form factor of, of it. And I started to Google and I found a very nice uh, approach by Rubas, I think. Uh, I think it's Amer uh, yeah American guy. Uh, he has like a, this also electronic uh, brewery so he had some kind of a hop dropper basically it's a motor uh, that spins when it receives commands and like you empty the hops into the boiling kettle so i decided to go in this direction and uh, i built this tray with the with the with pipes tubes and that you can fill the the hops into the tubes and then it spins and when you, when the tube is above the hole, it just throws the hops to the to the kettle. So uh, I'm uh, not using it regular regularly because sometimes I brew like one edition, so I can just throw the hop edition at the beginning when I'm next to the kettle and go uh, to do my stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, and and this project was uh, was like actually it was from scratch because uh, I had to make the the uh, program itself so i asked uh, the guys from the community of the craft beer pie to write something and uh, actually the the main uh, creator of the craft beer pie he was like saw this oh yeah it's pretty easy and he just like 10 minutes he wrote something and it's uh, it's there and uh, another guy from brazil uh, took my my form form of design and uh, made it a bit uh, more advanced and he put Arduino inside so he was it was more smart hop dropper rather than the, the vision that I had but for my needs uh, I'm, I'm pretty uh, pretty happy with the results it's that sounds super cool uh I I'm I'm gonna actually uh for listeners I'm definitely gonna track down this uh brew boss and uh and link to his hop dropper and uh obviously we're going to link to your instagram so that people can dig in and check it out but uh i'm that that's a that's a really cool project that i've never heard of and uh uh i'm excited to really get in and check it out uh so sure. yeah you're you're adding hops to your beer let's let's keep going yeah so uh, after after the Basically, I have a buzzer that if I'm not next to the cut, uh, next to the kettle, and it needs my attention, so the buzzer is go like it's a siren and it calls me, or it pushes notification to my uh, smartwatch or my phone, what what like the state of the brewing, and when I need to finish, I just arrive, hook up the chiller and start to chill the chill the work uh, into the fermenter, and then pretty much. Uh, 
the Buddha is done, I take the fermentation, like the fermenter, put it in the fermentation chamber. In my case, it's a fridge, but I have uh, other fermentation chambers as well. So I just put it there, hook up to the, like in the craft beer pie, I just start the fermentation uh, checkbox and it's, it's going, like adding yeast. Uh, sometimes I use uh, my airlock, like Plato airlock. Do you familiar with it? Yeah, I'm familiar with the Plato airlock. That's the one that uh, basically takes the amount of bubbles and uses that as like, I guess, basically the 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 viability of the yeast and where it is in fermentation. Is that right? Yeah, I actually, actually I, I, I'm uh, I'm not a friend, but I'm familiar with the, with the guys that uh, started this uh, project, and basically they they come. They, they come from the field of chemistry, so they know that each uh, sh- sugar molecule can like divide it into alcohol and uh, and uh, CO- CO2. So they knew that if you have like like OG of, I don't know, 1050, so at the end you should have like six feet of uh, square feet of uh, CO2. So this, this is just, that's the way that they use like they measure the the volume of the CO two in order to to calculate the the ABV. Okay. So actually, actually, I found it. It's really it's 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 a really uh, nice tool to understand the variability of your yeast. Not like it's it can be accurate in the in, in terms of uh, ABV, but I'm more into understand if I have a healthy colony of yeast and using this uh, graph uh, that I get from the airlock uh, I can understand like what is the temperature like what is the temp of the uh, uh, tempo of the fermentation which is really crucial parameter when you when you think about it like are my yeast are vital are they healthy especially if you're using a uh, liquid yeast yes uh, that becomes really important if you especially uh at some points through my brewing career, I've used to have a bit of a yeast bank and I would start with like a 10 mil uh, little thing of wort and uh, build from there all the way up to an entire, you know, two liter starter. And uh, the viability becomes really important when you're talking with like, hey, I got a single colony of yeast and I'm going all the way up to a full on yeast starter. It becomes super duper important. And uh, liquid yeast, also the age of a liquid yeast can really affect the viability as well. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm in the States, obviously. Uh, I'm not sure other than probably Fermentus what brands of liquid yeast you get uh, in Israel. Um, but uh, if it's stuff that's coming from here, for example, if you're getting White Labs, chances are it's probably not as fresh as you would get like being in San Diego or something like that. Yeah, uh, actually, it's one of the problems that in Israel that we we don't have regular supply of uh, liquid yeast. So once a year, somebody like bring one of the local homebrew shops bring uh, a batch. It's not everything like really uh, limited amount. And the uh, people that going abroad like bringing liquid yeast in, in their suitcases, uh, we just switch uh, vials and reuse liquid yeast. So. Exactly. Yeah. It, and, and to be honest, that's not going to give you the freshest yeast, uh, throwing it in your pack and having it warm for like four days. Right. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that would, you know, 
the viability of yeast becomes super important, specifically when you're wanting a beer to take off like quickly. Right. So like, for example, uh, I pitch my yeast and if I've made a really big starter or I have enough cells and it's really a viable yeast colony, you're going to get fermentation like in six hours, less than 12 hours for sure. Uh, when you have a, a, a kind of slow to get going batch, and, and this actually has happened to me in my brewing career where I had, you know, uh, a colony of yeast that I'd used over and over and over and over again. And I think it was about seven generations deep. And then it just changed and didn't do well and was sluggish and actually made my beer taste like crap. So it is something where I, I think specifically in your use case, the viability of yeast seems very, very important. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm glad the Play-Doh can do something like that because to be honest, it's not a thing, a device that I've personally used. I have a tilt hydrometer and, uh, I'm in the process of building an ice spindle, but I, it's the, the Play-Doh's not something I've really played with, but, uh, everybody that's used it has had really great things to say about it. Yeah, actually I, I use, uh, I use sometimes parallel ice spindle and, uh, and the Play-Doh airlock because I think they, they they give you different stats and when you see the like the stats from the two devices you get the bigger wider picture about your uh, fermentation process the, the the tempo of the fermentation and the, the yeast uh, like the, the healthy uh, the health of the yeast so, so it's it's really it's really like mind-blowing how two two different devices can give you a wider picture of, of what's happening there Awesome. And then let's go into, uh, so you're finished with fermenting. Uh, do you bottle? Do you keg? What's, uh, how, do, how do you actually package your beer? Yeah, actually, I, I, I keg my beer. Most of my beer I, I put in kegs. Uh, I, I play with sours as well, but I don't want to, uh, to ruin my kegs but to make, the, to make the, the tap sour. So I bottle my sour, sour beer and uh, keg the regular beer. Awesome. And then uh, when it comes to, uh, like, your serving, uh, do you have, uh, I, I personally have, like, the, the, the brew board. I actually run a Raspberry Pints. Uh, do you have something similar? Yeah, yeah. I, I have Raspberry Pints as well. I try to hook up the flow meters, but I saw the price tag of the flow meters, and was I, th I thought at that time that it's going to be a uh, endless project because I, I read reviews that people really have problems with the flow meter. So I just decided to leave the board just with the names, like the, the ABV, whatever, what, what, what the stats that you show there. And uh, actually now I started uh, to use uh, the, another product by, by Play-Doh, the, uh, the keg monitor. Uh, they ran a Kickstarter campaign, uh, I think in the summer, what, two months ago. And I got a, a prototype version of it. It's not really like the prototype version is, is a bit. Uh, uh, it's not it's not uh, waterproof because and in my kegerator I have really humid uh, humid environment, so I, I need to like to use it really um, uh, carefully. But it's a really good device that you can monitor the the, the like your, your kegs. Yeah, and that uses weight. Is that right? Yes, it's it's. I think it's a free uh, weight loads and just uh, it hooks up to the cloud and sends the information back to your device. And now, actually, I started to work with a, a, on a tap handle 
that's going to uh, to use the API by Play-Doh and to show the stats on the tap itself, like on the handle itself. Oh, so like you would have like a, a handle with a screen and it would upload the data yeah. into it. Yeah, I, I want to use a, a e-paper like the one that you have on Kindle, so it's really uh, power power efficient. So you can like use one charge for like an endless time. Uh, yeah. Every time you, every time you 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 breathe, like you move the, the you tilt the, the the tap handle, it just sends an API request and it gets back the information and just stay there. So this is my plans. I'm not. I just it's just like uh, things that I started two weeks ago. Uh, they told me that they're going to give me access to the API. So I hope this project will see uh, will be successful. Like, I don't know, maybe in a month or two or so. That's that's uh that's actually a really really cool project, and I can't wait to see when you build it. Like it's that's that's going to be really cool. Uh, so my my next question is is you know other than that project do you have any other projects you're working on that have to do with your uh you know kind of internet of things brewery um actually i started to work with a friend uh, on a on a project that uh, we will try to get real-time readings during the brewing process we we want to use uh, pressure sensors in two different uh, places in the kettle itself. Uh, and with the calculation of pressure and uh, and volume of the, like we know what the volume of the, of the, of the word. So we can theoretically get the real time gravity readings uh, during the boil. So my, far vision is to have a autocorrect uh, mode when you, the computer can correct your brewing process. If you have too much uh, gravity, you, you can add a little bit water to 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 be to, to be precise of the recipe. Or if you have like too much water and you below your uh, your uh, original gravity, so it just like continue to boil until uh, the gravity gets to this to the required uh, point. That's but, awesome. Uh, at the, yeah, That's awesome. at the time we we checking the the possibility because we have like you know physics it's it's beyond us we need to <laughs> yes that is a lot of math and uh, but I mean that's a a really exciting approach be able to kind of you know you like a pressure sensor can tell you the volume of the liquid that's sitting in there right and so the idea is that uh, if you know that volume and really if you can just figure out a way to figure out how much sugar is in solution. Uh, that that's kind of a cool idea to be able to make adjustments uh, though you know uh, hypothetically think thinking in my mind there would need to be some sort of algorithm that would make that change right automatically so that seems like quite a big project but uh, you know that that is super exciting because I think if you figure it out uh, you're gonna blow a lot of people's mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> super cool um, you know what what are you brewing these days? Well, like, uh, uh, what, what's, uh, what was the last thing you brewed? Uh, actually I brewed the uh, three or four days ago. I, I brewed a, a, a Saison, a, like a clone, a clone of a Phantom Saison, which is a really good beer that I, uh, that I had uh, like a week ago or two weeks ago. And I just harvest the yeast from the bottle, from the bottle. And I grew, grew up the yeast and I just, made improvisation of on this uh, commercial brewery 
uh, recipe. So it's going to be the yeast from the brewery, but not the recipe because I don't know the recipe. So I just improvised something that I already made a saison and I just made small adjustments to, to be closer to the AB that they, they wrote on the bottle. Awesome. And uh, when's that going to be ready? Um, well, I think it will. I'll start. I'm going to bottle this because it, it's it's a it's a mixed culture of a, of a Saccharomyces and Brettanomyces, which are going to be a bit funky. So the vital state of the Brettanomyces it's about five to six months from now. So I need. To, I think I'll start to taste the bottles uh, like around January, February. That's awesome. Uh, I kind of wish I could be around to taste that beer. <laughs> but you're a world away. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'm here in the middle of night in Denver, Colorado, and it's uh, definitely morning where you are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I I know that you go around to a lot of uh, like brew shops uh, locally and you kind of mm-hmm. have a deck that you use to kind of share with other brewers and let them know like the the kind of brewery that you've built and that it's accessible to others, right? Because a lot of the projects you're using are obviously open source projects. They're they're not money when it comes to the software. It's really just kind of building the hardware and you know tweaking it to your liking. Uh, what are you know? Do you see more of kind of sharing and you know evangelizing those types of things in the future? Yes, of course. I think my, um, I decided this this summer, like during the summer break, I decided to go for, like uh, to tell people about my journey into IoT and uh, how it wasn't so hard as it seems to be. Uh, and you can start in small steps and you can stop whatever you like. You don't have to build a super, super huge uh, uh, smart brewery. You can just, you know, made some small steps in, in to make your brew day enjoyable so uh, yeah i i will continue in my process of uh, building uh, this my it's, it's a project for me but i advise people to try to to see what they like maybe just to find something that they can uh, find in their brewery yeah yeah and 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 you're you know to be honest, uh, you have a, a great Instagram account that uh, people follow and kind of can see your your brew journey. What's what's the name on your Instagram account? So if somebody's listening and they wanted to follow you, yeah. So it's Filusha. It's P H I L U S H A, ninety eighty three. Um, yeah. So this is my Instagram account. Uh, I think I like two years ago I started to just take photos of my brew brew career and before that i have like family photos and dog photos and whatever but uh, yeah for for the last three years it's only brew related stuff awesome so yeah if you if if this is uh something you're listening to the show and you really want to check out this uh kind of brewery that uh, philip has put together go and check out his instagram it's really cool and uh to be honest it's something where i was super duper impressed with uh the the photos and kind of uh seeing you in brew shops giving presentations um he did send me the deck he uses and the the slideshows and it really is a good explainer to somebody who is uh kind of saying hey i want to uh, I want to get into this and yeah like you said I want to get into it and I can stop where I want it's not something that should be overwhelming uh, you know personally my brew in a bag is still a 
a propane tank I use on my back porch and uh, it, none of it is automated at all. But then once I get into fermentation and, and my kegerator and things like that, that's where my automation kicks in, right? I actually haven't made the step of ferment, of, of the, the mash and that kind of part for my personal journey. Is it in the horizon for me? Probably. Uh, it's definitely probably something I'm going to do and and in the future. Uh, my problem is, is that uh, in the States, our power is only 110, and so I have to actually get a, a 220 run into my garage so I can electric brew and all that stuff. Um, I think you guys are probably uh, just out your outlet is probably 240, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, so. It's easier for us. Yeah, it's easy to boil a lot of liquid when you have 240. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, other than that, I I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, it was really great to talk to you, Philip. And um, you know, if uh, you know, if you want to send me over the recipe of the saison that you just made, that would be great. I'd love to add that to the show notes so that anybody who would like to make it themselves, they could. Uh, you know, try. And then as far as the, uh, 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 I also link straight to your Instagram account for my show notes as well so that people can follow you. And, uh, you know, uh, Phillip's a super nice guy. If you want to reach out to him, I'm sure he'll send you over his internet of things DACA. He sent it to me quite easily. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you can, you can share, you can share it with the audience. Yeah. Awesome. So I'll, I'll actually, put a link to that on the show notes so that if anybody wants to to look at it other than that well thank you very much for uh, being on the podcast and i really look forward to seeing uh, some of your future projects thanks for having me I would like to thank Philip for taking the time to be on the show. And if you want to check out his Internet of Things slideshow, check out the Instagram account. Just head on over to homebrewingdiy.beer for detailed show notes. Once again, we move monthly support to Patreon, so you can support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash homebrewingdiy. Your monthly support will help keep this show on the air. Last, if you'd like to give us feedback, you can email us at podcast at homebrewingdiy.beer. Well, that's the end of today's show, and we'll see you next week on Homebrewing DIY.